Welcome to the Forking Healthy podcast, a place where two sisters have cheeky chats about everything natural health and wellness. I'm your host, Jenny Soder. I am also your host, Cheryl Barecki. Together, we hope to inspire, entertain, and motivate you with our knowledge and decades of experience in the natural health and fitness industry. So if you're ready, let's get Forking Healthy. Hello, hello. I'm back. So weird to be in my little studio solo without uh, Jenny on the other side of the country, I guess, uh, piping in and bantering back and forth and joking. Um, But I'm super excited to be here. For those of you that may have missed it, This is uh, my second part series to um, Couch to Coach, the journey uh, for me, my personal story. I did a part one um, quite a few episodes back. You can look back either on YouTube or Spotify. And um, just to give you a little recap, basically, um, part one of my story is me just really giving you insights to my teenage years to my early 30s. I talk a lot about um, mental health, uh, alcohol abuse, my story of extreme digestive distress, uh, my entering into the fitness exercise sort of racing world, what my dietary restrictions look like and what my rebuild from that was like. And I get into a little bit of my, you know, obsessive behaviors and trauma dealing. It really is the foundation to where I am today. That story, that chunk of my life from, you know, say 15, 16 years old to sort of 31. Um, it really was pivotal. And I talk a lot in my lives and my coaching practice uh, on the podcast with Jenny about my story being an ultra marathon and not a sprint so that people can really understand that for me, my journey did not happen overnight and it didn't end in my early thirties. Really everyone is an onion and I am no exception. I uncovered in my you know, early 20s, my food sensitivities, and began my journey of digestive repair. And then later on dealt with the layer of adrenal fatigue healing, and started to really become very aware of my mental health, and how it was contributing, or not, to my overall journey and healing. When this also came to be my early 30s, you know, the end of part one, beginning of part two was really where I also um, branched into the world of coaching um, from a whole holistic, whole body sense. In my 20s, I've always, you know, I've gone to school, did a degree in outdoor recreation, did a degree in education, did lots of personal um, training certifications all in my 20s and into my early 30s went back to school again and um but it really and then I started my own business in my early 30s um, for most of you that know that was in Ontario and that was really started as a base of fitness and the outdoors my love and connection 
to wanting to support people in those endeavors and how to do that when they had a young family. That was huge for me. And fast forward, uh, you know, five years after that, uh, starting that uh, first business, I also went on to start my second business with the online coaching. I went back to school again, did more certifications, got a, a certified in health coaching, really started to understand that the movement was extremely important and, I, and the outdoors was a huge part of my passion in life, that there was this missing piece for a lot of people that really um, started to bring together that whole body piece, which is the nutrition side of things. And I knew it was such a big part of my journey that I knew that I, I needed to do that. I wanted to support people in their own journeys. Um, I went back, I went fully online. Uh, you know, we did another move across country and I, I continued to just want to help more people and not let go every time we moved or I traveled or did something to the people that I connected with and was able to help or could help or wanted to help in those other places. Hence why I went online. And in that time frame, my own personal health journey only continued to unfold. One of the major pieces as I reflect on what this second part, the major piece, if, if I allude to the first part really being this foundational piece of digestive distress and fitness and exercise and the rebuild, this second part is a lot about stress and autoimmune health. And what I begin to understand as I reflect on my early 30s to my early 40s is that I got to this place after my 20s and doing all this work where I started to get really comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with being comfortable, but there is something wrong with getting too comfortable if you are still wanting to push your health journey. And let me make this point, get this really clear. There is no end, okay? And often when I see clients think that there's a destination, it, that is often the case when they revert old behaviors, um, old revert to old lifestyles, um, go backwards, uh, fall off, you know, for, for lack of better words, all those things happen. The journey is never over. There is no such thing as a destination. And even as a coach, even as someone really, in, you know, at that point enthralled in the fitness industry, exercise, outdoor recreation industry. I knew that when it came to physical health, um, you know, fitness and pushing the envelope, it was never done. There was always another race. There was always another competition, but for whatever reason, I think I had, I was fatigued. I felt like, man, I've done so much work on myself and my health, but I really didn't understand is I, I started to now see that things started to really creep back. I started to have an imbalance in my fitness and exercise again. I started crossfitting and really getting obsessive at times about pushing my body versus listening to my body. And you can do both, but you need to never lose sight of um, listening. Um, that lack of body listening and awareness was not just within fitness, but also within lifestyle for me. Um, really that emotional side that I told you in part one that that trauma dealing was huge, the mental health awareness was huge, but I, I didn't take it any further than understanding there was a connection. My lack of happiness and joy and loss of self 
was very intertwined with my next health hurdles. My lack of understanding how that trauma can't just be acknowledged, but it needs to be healed. And those are two very different things. It's just like when clients come to me and they think that understanding a food sensitivity is the cat's meow, that that, that solves everything. I'll just remove that food. I'll become aware of the food that bothers me digestively. Well, if you don't do the repair after that from all the damage you have done, then it's not, you're not going to get yourself any further. And, and really what I realize now is that I needed to continue to unpeel the layers. And because I stopped unpeeling the layers and thought that I was at the destination, I lost sight of signs that maybe if I was more aware, I would have seen that my autoimmune disease was becoming more and more likely that my immune system was still showing signs that was suffering from years and years of abuse. I was going through some major stressors that maybe at the time I didn't really understand were major stressors on my very tender body. When your body has been through a lot like mine had this journey through my twenties, it wasn't suddenly more resilient. I can't just delete all those years and all the things that I did to it. That in, you know, after birth, these things that happened that uh, we didn't know better, you know, these food sensitivities I had, these antibiotics that continuously went on, the harm that I did then unknowingly. And then into my teenage years, the drinking, um, the exercise obsession, um, digestive distress, all of that can't be removed from my story. I don't just take it out just because I've healed from much of that or become aware of much of that. It's still present. It still is part of my story. And so everything that happens is still built on that story. Therefore, when other stressors happen in my life, I'm still affected by everything that happened before. I can't erase that. So things like my mother going through a major major health issues, very mirrored and mimicked to um, my sister's stories, major stressors in her life led her to have autoimmune issues to the point where I was supporting her in pretty major ways where we would go to her house and we would have to carry her upstairs because she couldn't make it to her bedroom. And I would go with her to visit doctors and doctors and doctors after doctors. And they would say nothing was wrong with her on paper. And I would fight till I was blue in the teeth to try to give her the energy and help and support her to fight her battle. Years later, she has healed. Healed as in she's still uncovering layers and she still needs to be very sensitive and cognizant of her journey. But no longer am I carrying her to her bed. She is self-sufficient. She's a very, you know, in comparison, healthy to many, many mid 70 year olds. She will live still many, you know, years in this really flourishing life. She continues to acknowledge her journey and take care of herself. But with her stressors, I forgot about the effect that those stressors had on me. I then did other things like created a human childbirth is a major stressor on our body. And I think we do not talk about it enough in our world, especially in North American society. I had no idea just how much 
because I was so healthy in terms of my fitness. You know, I, I did CrossFit up until 24 hours before my birth. I went back to CrossFit 10 days postpartum. Listen, this is not a recommendation, people. But it was such a part of my life and I felt so good or so I thought. I didn't realize internally how hard childbirth is on your body. In that time frame, I also made, oh God, three major moves. Um, one of them leaving with a newborn two of them moving across the country, one, one direction, then again, back the other direction. I got married. Uh, I then 10 years later got divorced. So in there had major, obviously marital struggles. And I built businesses. I left a job, a secure government job, and I went on my own. And I didn't acknowledge all those stressors in life because we talk about stress as being not necessarily a chronic thing, but something, um, you know, fight or flight that happens in that moment. And I didn't understand all of those family and child and transitional um, and personal struggles and, and how much effect they had on my body. And that in conjunction with my lack of awareness, my want to take a break from really, um, you know, understanding and uncovering the layers that I started to have the signs of an autoimmune disease. So it actually wasn't until I want to say, I don't, I can't pinpoint um, the exact date. I think it was in 2019, um, late 2019, um, maybe spring, actually, I went for routine blood work, basically to I never went to the doctor, but I had a great nurse practitioner. And I, and I was like, Okay, uh, you know, I guess I should just go in for she's like, you should come in routine blood work. I'm like, I don't, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty adamant with doing routine blood work, because I think that that's a really um, great piece that we have in our medical system here in Canada. So I was like, sure, I'll just come in, but I'm fine. So, you know, I go, I go for my pap, I go for my blood work and I get a phone call and my blood work is off. And I'm like, what do you mean my blood work is off? I'm totally fine. And I go in and for the first time in my life, my um, what's called TSH, which is um, your basically your thyroid hormones, a uh, very common base blood work indicator. Um, mine was uh, off the charts low. And this is confusing for many people, but off the charts low, basically in the negatives, I was like 0 0.005 or something means that um, I'm running super high. So it's actually, if you have high TSH, you will be known as potentially hypothyroid. And if you are low, you are known as hyperthyroid. Um, but I didn't understand. I was like, what do you mean? So, you know, we went in for some more blood work and we need to uncover more layers. And I, I mean, I've since in, in the last, you know, um, I had done this journey with my mom. So I understand a little bit more about TSH and thyroid components and getting your two, you know, more than your TSH known from a blood work stance, I, T4s and T3s. I, I needed to know more. Sure enough, we, we did more blood work and um, my numbers were all over the place. Okay. And so, 
Um, at first, she uh, was very supportive that we would just, uh, you know, replete blood work. We, maybe it was just a one-off that these things were commonly could happen. But we also understood my history, the history as far as um, my sister's struggles with her thyroid, my mother's struggles with her thyroid. And we started to make connections that I didn't understand or I had, I want to say I had really just um, brushed off. I think for a very long time in those first years of my child's life, post-childbirth, I had really brushed off a lot to the stressors in my life. I had said, oh, this is just motherhood. Oh, this is just my ADD personality. I just really busy. I have a new business. We've done lots of moves. And so things like bowel movement changes, I had had those in the past. So suddenly going, you know, three to five times a day didn't seem, I was like, wow, for the first time ever, I'm really eliminating a lot wow, that feels great. And, but you know, when I was starting to get to four or five times a day, consistently every day, and they were loose, I just started to brush it off. And when I started to not um, have trouble with weight anymore, but in fact, maybe the opposite, I was eating a lot more hungry all the time and not putting weight on. I thought, this is amazing, man. I'm in great shape in my thirties. My metabolism is really healthy. You know, I'm studying metabolic health. So I'm thinking like, this is the cat's meow. My metabolism is really good, in good shape. I didn't start to see the correlation of my energy levels. I thought it was just motherhood. Okay, ups and downs, and I'm really tired. The biggest one for me that I really didn't understand the connection to was brain fog. I actually had no idea what brain fog was until I came out of brain fog. And when my doctor brought these things up, you know, because the first thing people think of when it comes to hyperthyroid is, um, is really that they're just really skinny and um, they're really lucky and um, because they don't put weight on, right? But also from a doctor's standpoint, what they're really concerned about is the heart. And I had no symptoms when it came to the heart. And so I was like, well, my heart is fine. I, I, my heart rate is fine. I don't have a racing heart. I'm not really concerned at this point in time. I don't have the symptoms. When I started to really uncover it, because as I do, I started to do my own research. I started to hear about the bowels, the um, energy levels, the sleep disruptions, the weight changes, the brain fog, and started to be like, oh, the moodiness. That was another thing I just assumed. Again, busy life, marital struggles, I'm just moody, not happy, but actually this was, these were signs. My thyroid was totally out of whack. And so I repeated, you know, fast forward, repeated a couple more pieces of blood work. I started to go to the doctor, um, you know, really regularly for blood work and nothing was changing. It wasn't just a one-off. And of course, as suspected, I started, um, to have this conventional push towards medication. And immediately, um, because of my past experience, I will say my back was up. I was like, I'm young, I'm barely, you know, I'm 40. I just, this, no, like I know what happens if I, if I suddenly go right to medication. I was not, don't get me wrong, I was not anti-meds, okay? But at that point in time, I wasn't having heart issues. My symptoms weren't extreme and affecting my everyday life. And I wanted to uncover the why more. OK, 
Okay. I had known from my past experience with doctors, my digestive distress that having, you know, getting meds or doing the band-aid approach just wasn't for me. I needed to understand more before I even, um, you know, really considered the idea of going on medication. I was sent to an endocrinologist, a specialist in thyroid health, uh, which was probably one of the worst doctor's appointments of that decade. Um, she was really anti asking questions and I came with a boatload. I wanted to understand her angle on understanding why potentially my thyroid was running in overdrive, which is what hyperthyroid is. Your, your, um, Thyroid is constantly running really, really high. And I wanted to know why. And she just um, wanted to talk like, well, this is what the science says. And I don't want to talk about the other aspects. You need to go on medication. And I was like, I'm not there. I just want the information. And she really didn't want to talk to me about it. Um, I left there, um, not in tears this time, because as you know, in part one of my journey, I left many doctors um, in a really distraught state every time, really mad at the system. And this time it just, uh, I would say it pushed me more to crusade myself because I had been here before and they didn't know that. I went to probably three different naturopaths over the course of the next uh, four to six months. I basically really um, pushed to understand their angle of what their thought processes were. I worked, of course, closely with my sister. We adjusted a ton of supplements. Um, I did a ton of research. We worked a lot with my supplements in um, increasing very common things when it comes to thyroid dysfunction, increasing my omega-3s. Like we're talking over the top levels of vitamin D and omega-3s. I did um, vitamin drips on a Myers drips, they're called on a regular basis. Um, and I made like some for me at that time, subtle tweaks to my diet, but things that have called back, I went completely um, gluten and wheat free, um, which is extremely important with anyone who even has the potential of thyroid disruption. And I went um, completely off some of the other triggers that I know I'd had in the past, cow dairy being one of them, and was really, really stringent with um, following as much principles of anti-inflammatory that I could. So lower my grains, um, those sort of pieces of puzzle, really no eating out. I wanted to go stringent and strict for a couple of months. I really was determined. I want to interject and put an asterisk here that this is not medical advice, especially the things that I jump into next about what helped me go into remission. I am not a doctor, okay? I am not giving you advice. I'm sharing my story, okay? And I will point to why I believe what I learned and why I believe that it's so, so important. And it hones in on many of the principles that I learned in part one of my story. Basically, the point is I finally found um, a few practitioners to help me. One natural path specifically that I walked into and after, you know, bringing my file, my complete, you know, story, who she listened to everything from the start of birth till today or that day, she understood and believed when I said, I want to find the reason, not the band-aid. I don't think this is about my thyroid. And it was only then that we decided after a few appointments that it was in my best interest to potentially try an unconventional, conventional treatment with some of the natural approaches we were taking. 
So I went to some naturopaths that believed I could just stay in this zone forever. Um, but I was running really high and there was danger, there was dangers. So at that point in time, I had been diagnosed with an autoimmune called Graves disease, which coincided with hyperthyroid. Okay. And those are just all my indicators. Basically the reason that initiated my hyperthyroidism, um, was my immune system or lack thereof. So basically in non-layman terms, my immune system wasn't working or functioning really well. Therefore my thyroid was compensating. So my thyroid was working, 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 working on overtime to try to speak to my immune system to say, develop the cells, develop the cells. You got to fight. You got to fight. And when I look back, I know the science now. My immune system was shit. I mean, it was shit since I was a baby, but it was really crap after I had a child. Jason would come home and I would get sick every time he would bring a little germ home. And I just brushed it off the motherhood and being busy and lack of sleep and all these things. But it started to get really excessive. Like I couldn't fight anything. And I was understanding, wow, this has to be the reason. Like my immune system just really isn't working well. And this nat specific naturopath was like, yes, I agree. This is the reason. This is not about your thyroid. This is about your immune system. And we could do all the supplements and the diet changes in the world, but there's a chance it had been so long of my immune system running so terribly that it just wasn't going to boost. So we agreed to try an unconventional conventional treatment, i.e. meds, but in an unconventional way, basically something that my doctor would not agree to and would not support, even though she knew I was doing it. It's called low-dose naltrexone. Okay. Naltrexone is known to be used for alcoholics, um, drug addicts in high dose, but has been used, but in an unconventional way, as in it hasn't, it doesn't have the pure reviews. It doesn't have the okay for your doctor necessarily to um, support that route. Why? It's cheap as fuck. Okay. And that's my opinion. So low dose, I'm talking like we started like, I don't know, 0.5 or something like that. It was so low dose, 0.25, maybe, maybe 0.15. Like it was so low. Okay. I want to tell you something. I decided after, you know, nine months maybe of trying, you know, vitamins, minerals, drips, naturopathics, homeopathics, diet changes. I was ready to try something unconventional, but conventional. And the first day I took the only side effect um, that I knew was possibility was vivid dreams. I had vivid dreams the first night at a low, low, low dose of this drug. The first day I woke up, I said, oh my God, I don't know how long I have been living in brain fog. I tell you people at that point in time, I actually had no idea what brain fog even was until that moment in time. I woke up a new woman. I had no idea the symptoms that I was having and how I was feeling until that truly until that moment in time. Fast forward, I basically was advised by the naturopath to do a uh, commit to three months. I committed to three. She told me it would probably take more. I said, I'm doing three. Um, I followed her prescription of upping the dose slowly at a very, very prescribed and um, I was watched over um, very carefully by the naturopath, checked in a few times. The ironic part is this was December um, of um, right before the pandemic was called. My three months actually ended 
uh, March of when um, the COVID pandemic was declared. In fact, literally in line almost exactly with that week, I discontinued myself. Of course, as you know, I don't always do what they tell me to do. I was told, you know, I, I need to be overseen by a doctor. My doctor wouldn't oversee me on it, but she supported my decisions. I've overseen by the naturopath during this time on the medication. Um, because the pandemic was declared, I really couldn't get back in easily to any of my medical providers, natural or not. So I decided to just continue on my own. And I thought I had a, a good enough knowledge and a good enough team at this point in time with my sister support and all of this to really, I knew what I needed to watch for at that point in time, I knew what I needed to do. I completed three series of blood work, um, three series of complete blood work after going uh, right at the end of naltrexone. A middle of an naltrexone and an naltrexone, and then two series after. I basically uh, went on the decline um, considerably during those sets. Um, after going off the naltrexone, I continued blood work uh, every month and then went to every three months to my doctor or nurse practitioner's great surprise. Um, and obviously to, um, to many thanks to all of uh, both my strength and to my team, I went into what's called remission. So I had repeated blood work that showed that I was completely out of Graves' disease. Uh, my T3, T4, uh, um, and my all of my markers and my antibody markers and my uh, were all showing that I was not showing signs of Graves' disease anymore. And I was then, it took about three months for me to show that I was under the levels of considered hyperthyroid. Um, that was within literally, uh, a three to six month period that, um, I went into remission. It was, I was so proud. It was so huge. Okay. I was, you know, so thankful that, um, I bridged two pieces and that I had came back to this place where I understood that the layers needed to be continued. My great learnings from the second part of my journey are really what continue to be my focuses now. One, you need to always go with your gut. Do not ever discredit your gut feeling. You have great intuition. Believe in the powers and the capabilities of your body and what it is telling you. I knew from that very moment that this had nothing to do with my thyroid and I was right. And I stayed true to that regardless of how much bullying and how much I got slack from other um, practitioners about what I was doing. I want to remind people that you must balance the seasons of your life. It is so important. And one of the main things that I learned from this part of my story is that, that things like childbirth, like supporting aging or sick family members, moves, marriage struggles, businesses, all of those life things truly have an effect on your body. And you must balance those seasons with the type of fitness and food and lifestyle components you are doing. Micronutrients always matter, forever matter, will always ever need to be pushed, okay? Macronutrients matter, but I tell you, as I work more and more with clients and support clients that go through ebbs and flows of seasons, micronutrients will be the cat's meal.
Emotions, control, and food are a never-ending journey for me. I will never forget that, that my connection for those things is, it's never going to end. I will always have to work. I will always have episodes potentially where my first go-to is to go to food. My you know go-to is to binge to make me feel better. It, it was so far ingrained in me for so many years that doesn't just stop and that's okay. You forever need to listen and you forever need to uncover that onion. There is no middle layer. Don't ever stop uncovering. If my journey, part one and part two, helps anyone out there, it is to remind you that you are capable of anything and everything. Thank you so much for joining me on this two-part series and listening to my journey. And I welcome you guys to submit any questions you have. I could blab, as you know, forever on here, as I do on my lives. I always want to make them short, and it never happens. I broke this into two. I probably could break it into five and talk about my marriage struggles and how that affected my life, my joy, my traumas, all of these things. I won't bore you with that. But please, if you have any questions related to my journey, or you can really like sympathize, or you really find parallels, please reach out info at movieplay.ca anytime, or join my online community on Facebook, which is macros, micros and movement by move, eat, play. And please just share your story, engage, listen to your body and tune in to the Fork and Healthy podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Forking Healthy podcast. If you want to stay up to date on future podcasts, make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. In order for us to get into more ear holes, we would love for you to take a moment to share this episode or leave us a review. That's it for now. Fork and rights.